This is HPR episode 1714 entitled Vim Hints 1. It is hosted by Dave Morris's and is about 18 minutes long. The summary is Hints and Tips for Vim Users Part 1. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. everybody this is Dave Morris I've got a new show for you today um, I'm calling it Vim Hints and uh, this is episode one uh, I chose Vim Hints because there's already a um, website called Vim Tips probably it's one called Vim Hints as well I didn't look for that so the first episode I'm calling an introduction to Vim and I want to uh, to make this into a series. Not sure how long it will go on for, but uh, I'm hoping that uh, I'll be able to produce some interesting material for you this way. So, as a Linux user, there are many editors available to you. I'm sure you know that. Which one you want to use depends on your needs and the amount of time you want to dedicate to learning how to use it. One of the editors from the early days of of Unix is VI. This was written in 1976, and interestingly enough, contemporary with it is Emacs, also originating in 1976. However, in my experience anyway, it seemed to become the norm that VI rather than Emacs was provided in standard versions of Unix, the sort of things you got from a vendor, HPUX or... um, digital Unix, those types of things back in the day. Um, And uh, this trend has often continued into Linux. So your standard Linux installation comes with VI. So I originally started Unix around 1988. That was using it. I'd come across it before that, but uh, we had workstations available to us uh, around that time. And I found VI was there and was available to me to do things. I was a systems manager at that time, so um, often necessary to com- change configuration files and that type of thing. So I found that uh, VI was the way to make um, make changes, and I learned it in a very rudimentary way. Um, and you, I would find it on any of the Unix systems I came across. Many derivatives and clones of VI have been created over the years. The one that's become the most popular and available is VIM. This is an acronym for VI Improved, and it was created in 1991. This is what I use these days. I've not wanted to learn another editor since adopting it, and even though I've experimented with others, um, I find this one 
is the one I want to continue with, partly because I've invested quite a lot of effort into learning it. So this is the editor we're going to be looking at in this series. So what's the series about then? Well, the thinking behind it is that um, you may already be using Vim, but there are features that you may not be aware of that I can perhaps point you to. I certainly found this in my work, uh, where I found colleagues using Vim, uh, but not knowing the power of it, and uh, therefore struggling a bit, and I was able to point them in the in the right direction. So I'm hoping to do that again. And uh, you might be using a different, simpler editor, like using Nano or Gedit or something like that. Um, you might be looking at at Vim uh, with the hopes that you can gain some advanced features from an editor like that. Of course, you may prefer to learn Emacs instead. That's perfectly fine. You should choose the tool that best suits your needs. Both Emacs and Vim have quite steep learning curves, but the broad range of capabilities you gain from knowing either is considerable. Now, I should say, before I go on, that I'm not an expert in Vim. In fact, I'm continuing to learn new Vim features on a regular basis. However... I've been using it for many years and like to, would like to share with you some of what I have learned. So why would you use Vim? Well, with simpler editors you can move around in a file. You can add, remove and change text and save the results. The editor might have something like syntax highlighting, some degree of knowledge of the programming language you're typing. It might have spell checking. It might have a whole list of quite nice features. But with Vim and other more advanced editors, you have this and a lot more. You can perform global changes throughout a file, process many files at once, add plugins to the editor to change its behavior, and so on. And there's a language behind the scenes which you can use to build extensions if you want to. It certainly means there's plenty of extensions available written in this language. So let's look at using Vim. I'm doing this in the assumption that you haven't used it yet. If you have, you might want to skip this bit, but you might find it useful anyway. So, usually when you come to a, a terminal and type the command vi at, at the command line, this usually invokes Vim on modern Linux systems. I haven't done a comprehensive survey on this, but I believe it to be the case. And Vim runs in VI compatible mode by default, which usually results in many of the, the Vim enhancements being unavailable. Vim uses a configuration file, which is called .vimrc in the home directory, um, and that's what it's called on Linux. It's called different things on Windows. I'm not sure about uh, OS X uh, and other operating systems, BSDs, but I'm not going to look at these in this series anyway. Vim also has a GUI interface, and you get to that usually by the command gvim. And that has its own configuration file, which is in the home directory, and it's called .gvimrc. Now, if you don't have a, a .vimrc file, you can create one with touch, touch, um, t tilde, slash, dot, vimrc. That just creates an empty one. Do that before you start using uh, vim and 
it will stop it running in VI compatible mode, even if you invoke it with VI. You can start Vim on its own, just by typing Vim, but normally you would use it to edit a file, so you'd follow that, that uh, invocation with a file name. The file doesn't need to exist, so to create a new file called, say, test file, invoke Vim with the command Vim test file. So once, once it's running, Vim shows the contents of the file. All the lines on the screen where there's no content, so if there's just a one-line file, then, for example, then they're all marked with a tilde character in the left margin. If you're creating uh, a brand new file, then the first line and last line on the screen will be blank, and the rest will contain the tilde on the left. That's just so you can identify what's data and what's not on a screen that might be bigger than the actual file. And one of the key things about Vim is it's a modal editor. It has modes. The mode you start in is called normal mode. And in this mode you can move around the lines of a file and perform actions. But nothing you type at this point is actually written into the file. In fact, what you, the keys that you press are actually editing commands. So that's this particular thing about, about Vim. Um, and this is one of the, the things that catches people out. If they just fire up Vim without knowing this, it's quite easy to get into a rare mess by hitting keystrokes, which, ha which are commands which do things, possibly changing whatever file you've got, and, and they get you into a mess. So since in this case it's a new file, there's not much you can do other than entering text. And to do this, you'll need to switch into the next mode, which is called insert mode. You do this by pressing the I key, lowercase i, and you see the message dash dash insert dash dash will appear at the bottom line of the screen. And that warns you that you're in insert mode. Now type some text and press the enter key at the end of each line. You might notice that in insert mode you can press the arrow keys and move back to text you've already typed. This was not a feature of the original VI, uh, it may be later, I'm not sure, I've not, not used VI for a long time, but it was a thing I always used to fall over when I was a VI user. But this is, this is uh, available in Vim, so you can actually go back and edit stuff you've already typed in. When you've finished entering text, you press the Escape key, um, which I'm denoting in my notes as ESC in bold. That, re that takes you out of insert mode. So now you're back in normal mode, and now things that you type are commands. Key presses are commands and not data to be entered into the file. So to move around in normal mode, you can use the arrow keys or you can use the home row keyboard keys, K to move up, J to move down, H to move left and L to move right. If you look at a keyboard, you can see that actually makes quite a lot of sense because if you're a proper typist, which I'm not, I should say, uh, then the, this will be right under where your fingers would normally be and will be, uh, will be handy for you. So it's, a lot of people say it's good to learn that. I must admit I don't use them all that much, even though I really should train myself to do it. I'm a sort of hunt-and-peck, old-fashioned type typist. Uh, my kids are lightning fast in comparison to me. I'm still fumbling about looking to see where the keys are and stuff. Don't uh, don't follow me, my footsteps in this particular case. Anyway, this brings us to the last mode we'll look at in this particular 
uh, episode. And this is command mode. To enter this mode, you press the colon key while you're in normal mode. This moves the cursor to the last line of the screen, and that's what it was there for. Remember, I mentioned it before. And the line begins then with a colon. That tells you that you're in command mode. The cursor's there, sitting after the colon. And here you can enter another class of commands, some very powerful commands, which will let you do um, things right across the file, global things to the file, and so forth. We'll, we'll look at some of these later on in the series. But this is how you would save the file and exit Vim. So what you do is you, you go into command mode and use the W command. That writes the file, that saves the file. And then to exit from Vim, use the Q command. So you can actually join these two together by typing from normal mode, colon WQ. That writes the file and exits. Now if you were to just use colon Q on its own, Having entered data into Vim, this would produce an error because Vim prevents you from throwing away your work before um, it closes. So if you really meant to quit without saving, you were trying to abort whatever you were doing, and this is, this is a key piece of information, in fact, because um, getting into Vim without realizing what you're doing, getting out, colon Q, if you follow it with an exclamation mark, that means re I really want to do this. So colon Q exclamation mark exits you from, from Vim without saving. So I realize that's quite a lot of information to pile into your ears. Um, I assume you're not sitting at a keyboard, uh, at an editor doing this. So what I've done is to um, give you a summary of what I've covered so far. I'll just just go through this very quickly but it's there as an aid memoir for you to look at in the notes and uh, and I'll finish after that uh, there's a bunch of uh, resources some links in the notes point us to Wikipedia pages for the the editors I've mentioned there's a number of books some of which cost money some of which are free that uh, would be well worth looking at Personally, I use Learning the VI and Vim Editors, 7th edition, which is the first one in my list. Um, I've got an ebook version of that and find that really quite useful, but the others in the list are also pretty good. There's other resources in the list which is pointed to the Vim community, which is massive and very, very active indeed. And there's also a Vim Tips wiki, uh, where really, if, if you, if, once you've got into Vim, I won't need to tell you any more. Whenever you have a question, going there will be the place to uh, to find information. So let me finish by summarising what I've said today. First of all, Vim usually starts in normal mode. The arrow keys or H, J, K and L uh, will, will navigate around in normal mode. I enters insert mode. Escape enters exits from insert mode and reverts to normal mode. Colon in normal mode enters command mode colon W then in normal mode writes the file, colon WQ in normal, in normal mode writes and exits, and colon Q in normal mode exits, but only if nothing was changed or added. Colon Q exclamation mark in normal mode exits regardless of any changes. Okay, that's it. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. 
We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.